Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello and welcome to the Marie Menu Cherry Show where energy and medicine meet. We're live here in Seattle twice in one day. I was live at 9 a.m. Had a wonderful time. That's the earliest I've ever been in the studio. I used to do the show at 7 o'clock at night and uh, noon. Um, But now, of course, um, we're doing a 9 a.m. show as well on Thursday. So this is the afternoon edition of the Marie Manutari Show, and I'll be interviewing a wonderful psychic from the L.A. area, Jack Rourke, um, about his brand new book, The Rational Psychic. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about the debates last night. So, okay, Mr. Politics. Eric loves politics. (laughs) I think as much as I do, although you are more informed about it than I do, I just, you know, I find it a fascinating part of American culture. So what did you think about the debates? I thought it was interesting. Uh, You know, both candidates played down expectations quite a bit before the uh, before the debate. They kept talking up uh, how good their their opponent was at debating, which Hmm. was interesting. So uh, therefore, expectations on them would be low. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I, I think actually Romney did a lot better than right. people thought he was going right. to do. I think people he thought good. he was going to come yeah. out, soil himself and fall over <laughs> because up to this point, he's had a pretty bad campaign. Let's just say right. that, you know. And so he he appeared confident and uh, and well spoken, although uh, then after the debate, it was interesting to get the fact checker. Uh, on there, and they had like analysis on like CNN ah. and NBC and stuff, and and uh, they had to call out a lot of the stuff that he had said. I know. I mean, I could feel it because I heard the debates on radio. I was waiting to go into my exercise class. I don't have cable, so I can't mm. really watch it on TV. And every, every time, well, it was said on the uh, the national channels too, oh, on the NBC mm. and the ABC and all. But that I don't too. have cable, so you know, can't really watch that. I mean, I can watch it later, but I was listening on the radio anyway before I was going into class and every time he said something i go that's not true that's i mean I, that's what i kept thinking right. and feeling and it's like he doesn't care if it's true or not apparently <laughs> right right um but you know we keep saying or at least i keep saying on the show that hopefully the republican organization in the future will let the democrats help them pick a potential <laughs> candidate for the republican party such a hot idea I think but it'd be uh, helpful you know <laughs> helpful to us maybe but well uh, maybe to everyone you know help them pick the best out of all the possibilities in their camp but uh, it'll be interesting for the next debate i gotta say he talked about cutting the funding for pbs and so i heard about that uh, there's yeah. been some interesting memes out there right. now with the, like sesame, the street sesame street characters like all yeah. upset at Mitt romney which i, oh, I think is i amusing, love sesame so. street you can learn a lot from that program you certainly can oh, well so when is the next debate uh, I believe the uh, VP candidate uh, oh, debate is coming up soon. That'll be an interesting one. I'm definitely going to figure out a way to watch that one live. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the next one. So oh, that'll be interesting. Nice. Wonderful. Well, as I said before, today is interview afternoon. Thank you for everyone who uh, to everyone who 
listen to the 9 a.m. show. I'm interviewing the author of The Rational Psychic, A Skeptic's Guide to Extraordinary Perception, Jack Rourke. And Jack has been in the psychic realm professionally for a very long time. Um, interest in psychic and paranormal phenomena has been never been greater than it is right now. And that's so true. I mean, you can have radio show after radio show and television show after television show today and popular media. And of course, figuring out the difference between what is really good and what is bogus is a big part of why Jack wrote his book. Plus also, um, sharing his own personal experiences. Um, Jack has been, has had a very valuable perspective as a practicing psychic and experienced in parapsychology research. Jack is uniquely qualified to provide an inside-out, shockingly candid, and thorough explanation of what psychic perception really is and what it isn't. In The Rational Psychic, he offers a detailed, thoughtful, and often surprising explanation of seemingly supernatural and psychic events relying on firsthand experience and decades of research. He explores fascinating questions. And we're going to do that this hour, too. We're going to explore some questions and talk about the book. I had um, the um, fun of reading the book in the spring um, before it came out, of course, um, at Palm Springs by the Pool. So I had a lot of fun reading your book, Jack. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Sure. And the book's doing really well. It just got released and it's already sold out, at least in its first printing in the States and over the weekend in Canada. Yeah, it's doing really well. We're very excited. I think we, we talked a little bit in the pre-interview how you know, it hit number one in ESC and number one in parapsychology. And uh, you know, all the feedback has just been phenomenal um, and we're just really, really grateful. I, I had a lovely email this morning from a woman in British Columbia who was just telling me how she just had the most amazing experience. She was watching an interview with her, or listening to an interview with Tammy Simon and I, and mm. just, you know, and other people just really reaching out and saying thank you for such a transparent look at something that's become very, very, you know, kind of ordinary and part of uh, everyday entertainment vernacular, you know? Right, right. And, yeah. and, and of course, you talk about how we all have intuitive feelings and kind of paranormal experiences as well and understanding them and how they relate to our emotions. Uh, yes, that's right. One of the things that I, I want to do with the rational psychic is really help people understand uh, their subjective experiences so they can begin to look and and really see themselves much more clearly. I found that with dealing with people over the years is that you know, we tend to use a lot of metaphors and kind of paint with a broad brush. And I think by by really understanding our seemingly extrasensory experiences, like I said, we can we can begin to kind of put things in their proper perspective. You know, our religious our religious beliefs are beliefs. They're they're wonderful and they serve us intellectually and emotionally and they help stabilize us in our lives. And in our paranormal paranormal experiences are often kind of lumped in or, or, or categorized with pseudo-religious um, or, or help we explain these experiences using pseudo-religious uh, a vocabulary. And really these things need, you know, cross-pollinate. Um, and so the objective here is just to really help people see themselves, like I said, for who they really are. Um, now, one of the things that I like to talk about is, you know, some people don't understand the title the rational psychic, and so I like people to understand that a rational psychic, that could be anyone, it's not necessarily talking about me, but a ra- the rational psychic is someone who who grounds themselves in fact, who, who is motivated by a selfless service and love and acts with integrity, 
And, and, and more importantly, the word skeptic is something I think people need to understand because in watching TV over the last five, ten years or listening to the radio, we have these professional skeptics and skeptic societies that, that come on. And really, I think, you know, they're, we're, we've, been, we've been taught uh, by, by, through watching these shows and listening to these programs a, the wrong uh, interpretation of the word skeptic. I mean, the, a lot of, well, oftentimes what you find is that the word cynicism and skepticism have come to mm-hmm. sort of mean the same thing, and they're really mm-hmm. not. A skeptic is someone with an open mind right. who, who initiates an, an open and honest discussion or inquiry into that which is assumed to be true. Okay, so when we talk about the rational psychic, we're talking about someone who's, or we're working toward being grounded in fact and being open and acting with integrity, but at the same time keeping an open mind and and, and investigating a subject that is full of misinterpretation, uh, but, but also being able to look and see, you know, what's true and what isn't, you know, so for folks who might look at the book and think, oh, I already believe in this, so I don't need to read this. You know, it's really not what we're talking about. I'm not poo-pooing on anything or discouraging anyone from believing or not believing anything. You know, if you're a psychic or a demonologist or a very religious person or anything, you know, you will become even more clear. You'll become a better psychic by reading this book. You'll become a better demonologist or paranormal researcher, or you'll, you'll be so clear about your own subjective experiences that you'll be able to better discern the difference between sort of, let's say, you know, a divine um, experience in prayer or in church or, um, uh, you know, or feeling that connection to a loved one has passed on without confusing it with these, these other types of uh, experiences that can affect us. Well, and it's healthy to be skeptic. It's healthy to ask questions and to, in a way, in a way test the experiences that you're having. Are these real um, psychic experiences are these based on my emotions buried deep inside of me that I have not yet dealt with or, you know, huge um, wants that are driving me crazy and, you know, making me um, making a person act in an irrational way. I think it's really healthy to be to be skeptic. Um, it, well, you're, tu- you're, tu- you're touching on a really important point, Maria. And mm-hmm. one of the things we, we talk about in the book is how what, what folks don't often realize is when they undertake psychic development is that they are not necessarily reaching out and connecting with the divine voice or some mm-hmm. kind of, um, you know, godly realm. Yes, you, you might, you can have truly spiritual experiences through engaging in, in a psychic practice because done correctly, it connects your consciousness with an aspect of you that is, exists beyond form beyond the duality of time and space, you know, and that in itself is a spiritual, a spiritual experience because you, you get to experience yourself at its divine truth, mm-hmm. you know, so that we, we can have these spiritual-type experiences, you know, when engaged in psychic development, but the truth of the matter is, long before you get to that, if you are, in, you, as you attune yourself within you go deep within your own subconscious, and you're throwing open the doors to all the pains, all the hurts, all the wounds, and all the good things that may exist as implicit memory deep within you that maybe doesn't even have a vocabulary because you've, these are experiences or sensations or things that you heard, you know, before you had the ability to truly understand them, and they exist within. 
within you. And those are the ghosts and the demons that haunt you when you begin to go within, into your, deep into your subconscious, into normally uncharted territory. And so what happens is, is that many paranormalists and, and psychics who are fledgling in their ability, is they begin to have these types of experiences, and they quick run to their belief system to explain them. And what they do is they sort of self-validate in right. that, well, I'm ha- I have this sensation, I've had this right. experience, and I see and sense, and, and this, is, this is real to me, so I'm sensing a ghost, I'm sensing a demon, I'm sensing a monster, right. this, that, or an angel, or this, that, the other thing. And what they've done, if they don't realize they're doing it, but they're saying, well, because I can sense this, I'm psychic, oh, I'm a success in what I'm doing. Right. Okay, and then they, 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 they their, their energetic development becomes snarled and actually stifled over time because they get stuck in their head in a belief system. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that you well know yourself, because I know you're a practitioner, right. is, that, is that a belief exists in your head, faith, healing, uh, any kind of in- real intuitive or psychic work comes from the heart. And it has, to, and we have to be grounded in our spiritual identity. And the only way to really, really touch our own divinity, and in essence, to act through that divinity, act through that spiritual self, and affect others in a deeply profound and spiritual way, is to come from our heart. And the way to do that is only to go deep within our own humanity first, to be willing mm-hmm. to feel and live that truth. And when we get caught. In, in the traps of perceiving these paranormal, you know, things and, and, and believing they're real, ghosts and whatnot, you know, as, as, as expressions of our own subconscious, we lose a vital part of ourselves and, and we cut ourselves off from a true, truly spiritual existence. Well, I think that deep sense of knowing oneself, which is a lifelong, daily, moment-by-moment moment experience of being grounded and centered and aware of what's going on That's- inside of you— I mean, mm-hmm. it truly is. Um, that's what creates accuracy and, and, and deep knowing um, beyond anything that I think that any of us could believe even exists, the amount of knowing that we can have. But you have to have that comfort in that relationship with yourself. And, um, and, and again, it's a constant and ongoing thing. It, it changes over time. You know, I mean, you can go on for a period of time where you really feel you know yourself well and you've looked at all those demons because a belief from something that may even seem insignificant to another person could be very significant to another person, to one's own self, and feeling safe enough to be in that place and ask the hard questions and feel the uncomfortable feelings of it or the great joys, as you pointed out. Uh, is what allows us to grow in extraordinary ways. But then that changes, too. You you dive deeper into your belief system. It becomes um, a, really a beautiful, I guess, uh, multifaceted tunnel <laughs> of awarenesses that initially seem somewhat dark but ultimately turn into incredible light and new discoveries. It's a fascinating experience um, to get to know oneself deeply. And I, and I agree, of course, because I loved reading your book, how it helps you if you are indeed working in the psychic realm authentically to be more accurate in your, um, in your understanding of it for yourself and for others. Right. You're right. You know, because awareness expands in direct correlation to your ability to inhabit your own body and your so own true. self. Mm-hmm. Too, too many of, our, of, of people are racing to get out of their body and have these outer body experiences or when they're developing they're focusing their energy sort of in their head and their third eye or their, or their, 
their God right. center, their crown chakra or something. And what they're doing, they, they're, they're pushing themselves out of their body, having trying to be spiritual rather than, than experience the, own, the depth of, of their own divinity by deeply inhabiting their own body and their own, their own uh, energetic space. I know you, you write about this so beautifully about a, a young man you, who you were helping who was having a lot of what he thought were kind of um, visits from the devil or poltergeist experiences. Mm-hmm. And you talk about this in great detail, um, which I really loved. And he was suffering greatly. In fact, I loved your compassion that I could feel in the story as you wrote about it. I mean, you really cared about him and you were very respectful of his experience, you know, respecting that this is what he was feeling that was happening for him. I mean, he was convinced about it. He wasn't able to eat or sleep. He was um, physically hurt, um, you know, by the experiences. And, and you were able to help him to realize that a lot of what he was experiencing externally that was even affecting his animal, I believe it was a dog, if I recall yeah. correctly, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that he uh, that they, he had so many trapped wounds and emotions that he hadn't dealt with from all kinds of experiences, childhood and then some adult experiences, that, mm-hmm. that the energy was so powerful and so strong that it was actually... That's what was hurting him, and that was what was creating the energies of the experiences that he was having. And um, your work with him, which didn't take very long from what I was reading, um, it actually, he was able to change his life around and and get more settled again and get, you know, uh, centered in his life. And I think that's so incredibly important because I think one of the reasons why people have a hard time even doing internal work with themselves and even spiritual work, like you said, just running to the third eye or the crown chakra versus being grounded and in their body and, you know, being incredibly present because without that functional, you know, background, you can't grow authentically in your spirituality. It's very challenging to do so. Um, And so it was uh, lovely to to have the language, because there's many times I've had clients or when I'm teaching a class and people tell me about these horrific experiences they've had where someone's sitting on top of their chest or they see these dark images around them and I can't see anything that they're talking about. I don't see it at all. Because you're coming, you're coming from an enlightened space. And that's, that's the one thing is I, I try to very subtly introduce is that, you know, there, there is no, there is only... The energy that creates this universe, whether you want to call it God or, or, or consciousness or whatever, it, it, it's perfect. Yeah, it is. And, 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 the, and the duality, the nature of good and evil, these types of things only exist within the paradigm of human experience. So when you align yourself as a healer and as a teacher with, with the, the source energy that, that, that spontaneously creates worlds, and from which our, our very physical matter and our consciousness springs from, there you can, it's impossible to perceive evil. This is, this is why this is why people don't, people don't realize that when you engage in combat with some kind of diabolical force, you are, you are, you are creating that circumstance. You are making that real. Right. You know, by 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 your own belief in it, and by your willingness to become or imagine that you're acting as the force against something else, it's it would be it, it's very much the same as taking a quarter and saying I'm aligned with tails and heads is evil, and I'm going to separate 
head from tails, and I'm I'm I I will pray and I will I will imagine that I am this divine force. But no matter how how much you fight, you're not going to split that quarter in half. What we're talking about is the nature of consciousness and the nature of 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 this phenomenal world, this illusory phenomenal world, and by aligning ourselves with something far more beautiful, we can affect change without without initiating combat. And, and we talk about the situation with this fellow named Robert, who who really believed that he was he was possessed, and and he exhibited a lot of frightening. Um, Seriously, major... I mean, he really did. You went into great description about it. I mean, if I. If I didn't see the things the way I see them, I think I would have even been, oh, my, you know, when I have witnessed some of the things that people have told me, I mean, witnessed their reaction. Uh, mm-hmm. I would certainly believe that what was happening to them was really happening. And that, and that's what I loved about the way you wrote it, because you gave me language to help clients who are really terrified and incapacitated by their experiences like this, like this lovely man Robert was. Yeah, and these these experiences that people have are real. Yeah, you know things things do fly around. They they can manifest wounds. They can. But here's here's what I want to jump to is because just to kind of stay with the theme that you and I are talking about is that at the end of this evening, and I go into this like you said very in deep detail in the book about the encounter with him, and it's a very important. I use him as a very important tool to illustrate some of the the fundamental principles of doing this work and is that at the end of the evening, he asked me to pray with him. And so, you know, I believe in the power of prayer. You know, what I don't, I, you know, everyone has their own different understanding of prayer. You know, for me, my understanding, the way I, what works in, in, my, in my world, is by going within and, and not identifying with any kind of reactionary consciousness. I recognize that within each of us, within you, Marie, within me, within each individual person, and in my client is the stillness that from which we all spring. And in, if I can go within and just touch that stillness, then my client, just by being in my in my presence, will will feel that change because we create a resonance with one another. For example, if you take a guitar and lean it up against one wall in a room and take, and take another guitar and lean it up against the other wall and you pluck the string of the first guitar, within a matter of moments, the second guitar will begin to, it will, will begin, the strings will vibrate at the same frequency. So really that's all we're t- talking about. And there's a powerful, powerful, I don't often kind of reference, you know, scriptures, but, you know, no matter what form, but. There's a powerful, powerful story in the Bible that, that resonated with me years ago, and people will recognize the stories that Jesus was walking through a crowd of people surrounded by his disciples, and the crowd was descending upon him. There were throngs and throngs of people pushing and trying to get a look at him and see who this man was. And someone reached out and touched him, mm-hmm. and he stopped dead, and he said, Who touched me? And the, the moment I read that when I was a child, like I, I, I became like teary-eyed because I, it resonated the beauty of that resonated with me. And he, and he said, who touched me? And his disciples were like, here, WTF, you're walking through a crowd. What do you mean who touched you? You know, and he said, I he said I felt the virtue leave me. And there was a woman crawling through the crowd, and she reached up and she said, Lord, if I could only touch the hem of your garment, I'd know I'd be healed. Mm. We all have that. And so in that moment, when I, a man like Robert, who had manifested bite marks in the middle of his back and had lacerations and on on his 
on his arms that he and, and was complaining about these demons that sodomized him and threw his dog against against the wall. You know, I said, I said, well, okay, if you want me to pray with you, I will. And so I'd go within to that stillness. The, the ego, the Jack, the person that was there can do nothing. There's nothing that Jack can do for this person. So I had to go within and be still and allow that presence to fill me so that he can vibrate at the same frequency like the guitar. And when he began to feel the vibration fill him of, 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 of recognizing his own wholeness, he said, they're going to hurt you. They're going to, and he started swearing at me and telling me what, speaking as these, these supposed demons, what they were going to do to me. And the temptation with some people would be to sort of call out or do some kind of divine rescue or a pray or whatever. And I just, I looked at this is illusion. You know, you have no power. And I stay focused even more deeply. And as I stayed focused deeply on the love and the presence within each of us, he ran to the sink and began to vomit. And so this is, is a very, very energetically, is a very, very powerful experience. Yeah, it's a powerful um, story. It's a great story. I, I like yeah. it. It's a very good one. We're going to take a break here on the Marine Menu Cherry Show. I'm interviewing Jack Rourke. He is the author of The Rational Psychic, A Skeptic's Guide to Extraordinary Perception. We'll be right back. You are always supported. You are never alone. From before you were born and throughout your whole life, you are accompanied by your spirit guides. Making contact with your spirit guides is just the first step on an extraordinary path to discovery. To find out how to make contact with the forces that have always been watching over you, join Marie at her Spirit Guide Workshop, Saturday, October 13th at the Lake Union Courtyard. This interactive day-long workshop will help reveal how you can deepen your relationship with your guides and increase their role in your life. Register online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671. There's an exciting new astrology hour, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. with Deborah Silverman. Deborah's unique blend of psychology and astrology turns planetary language into plain English. Join us for an interactive hour that's guaranteed to give you personal insights in a fun and entertaining way. Tune in to Deborah Silverman Live. Whatever your life question, marriage, job, family, relocation, or just curiosity, call for a live reading Tuesdays at 5 p.m. and visit Deborah's website at DebraSilvermanAstrology.com. Are you interested in learning more about intuitive healing? Want to learn how to interpret your body's messages for greater health and well-being? Please join Marie as she teaches her very first international workshop in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. Intuitive Health is a two-and-a-half-day workshop beginning October 26th through the 28th at Hollyhock, Vancouver. Marie believes that everyone has the capacity to receive, interpret, and successfully use their senses to heal. Find out more at www.hollyhawk.ca. More choices, more topics, more shows. One station. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome 
welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. It is a gorgeous fall day here in Seattle. The leaves are just starting to turn. When I was in um, Boston, no, where, yeah, I was in Boston, New Hampshire, and just recently D.C. on a real vacation. So I've been traveling a lot for work, doing book signings and workshops. Thank you, everyone, for coming out and uh, meeting me and letting me give you hugs and write lovely messages in your books. At least I hope they were lovely messages for you. And I didn't see any of the leaves turning. I was there, you know, in September and just recently, of course, in D.C. Until I've gotten home and now the leaves are just starting to turn. It is gorgeous. Would you agree, Eric? I mean, like, absolutely. Yeah. (gasps) There's um, a wall as you're walking or as you're driving um, into probably like a quarter of a mile before you get to the studio here. Um, This gorgeous brick wall and all the ivy is like purple right now. So pretty. Yeah, it's just beautiful. So Jack Rourke is the author of this brand new book, The Rational Psychic, A Skeptic's Guide to Extraordinary Perception. We happen to be authors with the same publisher, Sounds True. I love, love Sounds True. And um, so, Jack, you've done a lot of research work and even police work. Is that correct? Uh, Yes, yes, that is true. Um, I have done... Uh, some considerable amount of work with some agencies that I, I, I'm really not obliged to talk about. Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> Keep it yeah, top secret, yeah, right? Well, it's it just, you know, it's because, you know, I talk about this briefly, uh, I think in my bio, I don't know if you mentioned it, I've been doing so much press, but I did uh, a documentary for the TV show The Mentalist a few right. couple of years back. And I, one of the things I talk about is that, you know, Psychic police work is really interesting, but it's not admissible in court. And arguably, you know, you're you're accessing information in a way that sort of like circumvents habeas corpus and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, um, and hey, look, I recently also was about negotiating a relationship with an agency in Texas, and when the powers that be found out, they were like, "No, oh my goodness, we don't want anything to do with this." Oh wow. You know, so it's like, you know, the people that might that might kind of come and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this or that? They just they trust that I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Of course. You know, and I mean, we want folks, you to do that. But... Yeah, the, the, folks that, the folks that you see on TV who, like, they profile their cases, if you notice, all of them are, like, retirees. Ah, oh, um, so, right. Yeah. But, but you do work with the police and other organizations to help solve crime and, and other unusual circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's very tight-lipped about it. We appreciate yeah. that. Um, in reading your book, and I don't know if this is one of your first psychic experiences, but um, you um, wrote about something near and dear to your heart, which was the passing of your of your twin sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you had an empathic near-death experience at the time of her That's passing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Was that kind of your first um, psychic big moment? Do you think? It, you know, I think it was the way I, I you know, I could say, sure, in, in childhood, I had, like, invisible friends and that kind of thing. And I do tell us, there was a story originally in the book, and I think I'm going to use it for another book, mm. uh, where I talk about where I went missing as a child. And there was wow. a manhunt, and the police were looking for me and everything. And uh, and then when I finally turned up, I, I was being invested. It's a really cute story. Can't and, wait. Uh, and uh, the way you know, I was being interviewed by a police detective, and uh, and I said, they said, well, who were you with? And I said, well, I was with Jimmy. And uh, they started, they, were, they went and got, they were, you know, about to get a sketch artist. And my mother just like, oh, forget it, never mind. Because they thought <laughs> I'd been kidnapped, you know. And she said, and they, he was like, why? She said, Jimmy's his imaginary friend, you know. <laughs> so it's a, really, it's a really cute story. Uh, but, 
you know, I tell the story in the book about when my twin sister died at 14 because it was the first time that something happened that you can really, really, really point to as something, a solid way of really uh, saying, you know, that one of the things I try to drive home again and again in the book is that psychic perception is the ability to perceive objectively verifiable information. It's not vague emotion. It's not intuition. Intuition is, is a personal guidance system. And the things that we do for our client, it, it, we're accessing a source of impersonal information for them. And so, you know, I look at that experience with my sister, and just to recap really quickly, and I'll go into detail in the book, and people really, really yeah, love this beautiful, story. Yeah, so beautiful, beautiful story. I'm glad to share it. Mm-hmm. Is my sister never walked. Mm-hmm. You know, she was in a wheelchair her entire life. She had spinal muscular atrophy, and she also had a heart condition and some other things. And so if you can imagine, you know, growing up as a twin and you uh, you were formed from the ex- – I was formed from the same cells as my sister. And, you know, here I am alive and strong. And, you know, she was infirmed from, from, from birth. You know, so I had this strange sense of, of not understanding and maybe even guilt in some ways, you know. And so – you know, when, when she died, I had no idea she was really sick. I mean, after all, she was my sister. I mean, she got colds and this and that all the time, and I never thought much of it. And she had caught a cold. She was, she was actually away at summer camp, but she had to come home early. And it was a Sunday morning, and I had um, had been out delivering newspapers, and I always, always, always was late getting home. And, and this particular day, I got everything done early. And I, I came home, and I was in my room, and I would gotten dressed for church, and I was just kind of milling around, playing games, and having, you know, killing time. And I, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to take a nap. So I laid myself on my bed. My bed was already made, so I was very careful about not messing up the bed or, you know, wrinkling up my church clothes. And I placed myself on the bed, and I passed out. I went into sort of like a, I don't know, like a hypnopompic state or, you know, some kind of um, trance-like state. And my, my breathing became deep and rhythmic, and my body began to sort of, turned to pins and needles, and the next thing I know is that there was a being there, and he reached out, and he lifted, I saw this hand, this forearm kind of like coming toward me, and lifted me from my body, and the strange thing was, is that, you know how if you're laying flat on the floor, on your bed or something, and everyone at home I'm sure can, can identify with this, is that if you want to sit up, you, you, bend your, you bend your legs, bring them to you as you sit up, because it's much easier to sit up than Imagine if your legs were perfectly straight and you try to sit like a plank and fold up you know, into a 90-degree angle. So I remember I was sitting up, but I was moving forward. My, my awareness was moving toward my toes, and I had the impulse to, to pull my legs toward me, but my legs remained straight. And I completely sat up, and I thought I didn't feel anything weird in my back or anything. This is straight. And next thing you know, I'm outside of my body. And I'm with this being, and he says, don't be afraid. And I thought, I thought, afraid of what? You know, and he said, your sister has died. And it sort of, that struck me very, like, uh, very abruptly. And then he said, look. And I turned my awareness to the right, and I, I saw my sister standing there. And she was bright and smiling. And standing, yeah. And, and standing, yeah. you know, and I, I saw her as she passed over kind of running and laughing. And I could feel that, that liberation and that joy of being free, you know, 
Um, and after that experience, I've never looked at life or death the same way. And it was a really, really profound experience. Um, and it was the first time that I ever had any kind of extrasensory experience. That, I mean, it, this is burned into my soul. I mean, that is almost three, 30 years ago, and I still remember it like it was yesterday or happened this morning. And, you know, it was the first thing that I can really, really look at and say there's no way I would have known that. And this something else, someone else, something else, some alternative means of, of perception provided this information, and I saw my sister. Mm-hmm. And I know what I saw. And then it was it wasn't until after that experience that I found out that she didn't had indeed died. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was it was really, really, really profound. Yeah. Do you have any? Have you had communication with her since her passing? You know, that's really interesting, uh, and. I tell a story briefly about I went on a kind of a sabotage mission. I didn't believe I, I didn't believe in extrasensory perception. Right. You know, the only experiences I had were with kind of like you know you know sidewalk psychics and gypsies and whatnot. And I, it wasn't something. It wasn't part of my world. You know, I didn't have an aunt or an uncle or something that was a psychic or my mother wasn't into that or whatever. And I had I actually when I looking back now I know that I had. One, like I, I was living constantly having psychic experiences, but I didn't recognize them for what they were. And it wasn't until I was well into my 20s that I began to, you know, I've, I actually just forgot what your question was. <laughs> <laughs> the question so, was, have you had any communication with your sister since she passed? Right, right. So it wasn't until I got to about 25, 26, 27, where I started really acknowledging that, wait, there's something different the way I see the world and other people do. And as I began reading, learning, and, and investigating, I, I went to see a performance of a medium who was very gifted. Her name was Joan Cara. And she brought my sister forward, and I actually had to stop her because I'm a very private person, and she was talking about details that no one would knew, nicknames that I, I was in childhood and what have you, and and detail after detail, and it, I stopped her, and and it was after that, you know, I had an interesting conversation with her, and it was about two years after that that I she did come to me in a dream. Oh, good. Um, and it was it was a really really really, and I it was the only time that the only experience that's come close to that experience I had the moment of her death because it was also an out-of-body experience, like it was an astral-type experience. So that, to me, it made it feel real to me, mm-hmm. you know, versus just having a conventional dream. And, and I don't know if you've ever had out-of-body oh. or, mm-hmm. you know, experiences with dreams or things like that, but there's, there's a sensation, there, there's, there's inside, once when your awareness is, is aligned with the physical body, it, it's impossible to have certain sensations because the physical can't, can't hold that much energy. It can't hold it. It can't withstand it. Mm-hmm. So it's only when you're outside of the body you have this this certain sensation that it, it, it defines. It's like it's like seeing a color and not being able to describe it because you don't have language right. to communicate what that color is. Right. That that feeling is. There's no way to describe it. You only know it when you feel it. Well, because well, you're like in it. You're a part of it. Yeah. And it's um, yeah. it's amazing. Uh, yeah. In in the book you also talk about which. Uh, I think is incredibly true and, and probably hard for some people to understand 
when mm-hmm. when you have had a relationship with someone who's not in a body anymore, when you've uh, that relationship ha- has continued, you don't have the grief that most people have when someone passes. And and in the book, you talk about how probably other people weren't necessarily understanding that you, of course, you were sorry that your sister had passed, but you knew that she was so much happier and freer and you had felt it, that the sadness that comes along with the passing of a loved one just wasn't present. That's exactly true because, you know, as, as this is very candid and as offensive as this may sound, when we grieve for the passing, we're really grieving for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, we may not realize that we're doing that, but we're, we're, we are crying for our own loss. You know, if I got on a plane and went to Paris, you know, you're not going to cry for me. <laughs> you might miss me, and you might think I'm never going to see this person again. He's a great friend or what have you. But you're not going to – you're really weeping for, for yourself, you know. And or we, we weep over the circumstances. We imagine the pain and the suffering that maybe I endured. But the reality is is that when you – when the moment you, you are liberated from the body, you are – it is like you literally, because the times that I've had out-of-body experiences and I've witnessed my own body laying there as a shell, you don't identify with it. Right. Because because your awareness is you. Right. You are an awareness. You're not the physical. It's very curious to look at that and go, oh, what is that? <laughs> you know? And it's only the moment that you go, oh, that's me, that you go back into, you go back inside of it. Your awareness is drawn back into that into that creature, <laughs> the biological creature that's laying there. And so, yeah, no, I, I didn't have any grief. I didn't. I didn't suffer. You know, in fact, I was. Uh, the, the, I, I don't talk about this in the book, actually. But the, the actuality is, is that that I had to be talked out of my bedroom because mm-hmm. as I as I went back into my body, I was just suffering from the paralysis of being in that experience. And I couldn't move. And uh, a sibling of mine had was came bursting into the room, and was her presence was so invasive because she brought with her the energy of of, of panic and, and and suffering, and 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 she was completely off balance and out of control in her emotion. It was understandable, you know, understandable. But for me, I was in touch with eternity. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it, it's like taking it's like taking looking at your own reflection in the stillness of a beautiful pond. And having you know some a bird fly overhead and and crap in the water, you know, it, it, it not only does it just startle, it takes takes away the image, but it, it puts filth in in, the, in in where where it was once pure, and so that that kind of that strangeness, that filth, that kind of the negativity, it didn't it didn't jive with me, and I, I it was very startling, and so I, I stayed in my, I stayed in my sanctuary there. And I had to kind of find myself back in my body and come to terms. I really wanted to close my eyes and go back, you know, to relive that experience. But when I finally came out, honestly, the only thing that I can I can equate experientially to what I experienced was, you remember when you were a little girl, Marie, and you would come downstairs or go out into the living room? I don't know if your if your family celebrated Christmas. Right, they and did. Excited. Yeah, you're filled with this joy and this magic from the inside out, and you feel your cheeks like hurt because you're smiling. You can't control it, right? And that was me. I walked. I walked into the living room, and my neighbors were there. 
and the, the priest was there, and everyone was in there wailing and crying, and the priest was, like, kneeling next to my sister, consoling her, everyone sobbing and, and just, just distraught, people standing there who didn't know what to do. And I walked into the room beaming, mm-hmm. and I was, I was so still and present in the joy that literally everyone stopped and looked at me. And I, and I, I couldn't not, I couldn't, I couldn't break the smile off my face. And I went and I sat down on the couch and everyone, no one knew what to do, you know, and, and that, it, it really caused some problems over the short, long term, you right, know, right. Um, and it, it's just, I, you, I know you understand what I'm talking about, but when you really grasp who you really are, this, this physical existence ceases to have the meaning that we, we commonly confuse it to have. And we're going to take another break here on the Marie Manu Cherry Show. I'm interviewing Jack Rourke, the author of The Rational Psychic, A Skeptic's Guide to Extraordinary Perception. We'll be right back. Become a Reiki master the weekend of October 5th through October 7th at the Redmond Town Center Marriott. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to all levels of experience and will certify you in Reiki 1, 2, and 3. You will learn to move energy within the body by practicing on other workshop participants. Marie will be your instructor, guiding you with her own symbolic sight and providing constructive feedback. Take this opportunity to fulfill your dreams of becoming your very own certified Reiki master. You will receive attunements that allow you to practice Reiki at the master level and information on the laws that govern professional practice in Washington State. Enrollment is limited. Please call 425-825-5671 or visit Marie's website, energyintuitive.com, for more details. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a nice, normal couple doing paranormal talk radio. If you're interested in ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, astrology, angels, or the afterlife. In other words, if you're like us, wired for weird. Tune in to the experts who join the A-Team of Alternative Talk every week. That's Manson Mitchell, Friday mornings at 10 and Saturdays at 11 on Alternative Talk 1150 KKNW. Have you been thinking about heading down a healthier path, but aren't quite sure where to begin? Marie has a set of DVDs that can help steer you in the right direction with wisdom, insight, and a dash of humor. The Healing From Within series imparts practical tools you can easily use to expand personal health. Marie collaborated with frequent radio guest and naturopath Dr. Sheila Dunmerit to produce four DVDs that include detoxification, heart health, brain health, and hormones. The DVD series can be purchased online at energyintuitive.com or by calling 425 825 1150kknw.com Your connection to Alternative Talk 1150 AM Welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are live here in 
beautiful, crisp fall weather, Seattle. We hope that it's gorgeous wherever you are and your part of the world. And of course, whatever time of day it is in your part of the world as well. I've been talking this hour with Jack Rourke. He is a psychic and the author of The Rational Psychic, A Skeptic's Guide to Extraordinary Perception. So this is your very first book, right, Jack? Yes, it is. It's my first major book through a major, wonderful publisher. Ah, yeah. (laughs) Was it fun to write? You know, it really was an amazing experience because um, it took about three years. Uh, we I worked on it for about a year and a half, and then we sold it. And then it was another year and a half, as you know, of you know, all the design work and the editorial work. Right. Um, and here we are. So it, it really has been a wonderful, wonderful experience. And if people go to, you know, Amazon.com and, and, and just search Jack Rourke, R-O-U-R-K-E, you know, they can see all the feedback. That in, and the endorsements for the book have been wonderful. I, I've been sort of, on the break, you and I were talking, I've been sort of, you know, flying under the radar for many, many years. Um, but I work with uh, a lot of well-known, wonderful people that uh, your listeners will recognize, and, and, and their support has been wonderful. Um, and they've played a large part in helping me get the word out there uh, of just how, what a meaningful and powerful book this, this, this rational psychic really is. Um, if you're a psychic or you work with psychics or you identify as psychic or you're involved in psychic development or any aspect of the paranormal field, this book will change everything you think you know and, and, and for the better. Oh, that's a lovely thing. Just, I think that's just lovely. And you work as a full-time psychic as well, correct? I do. I do. I work as a full-time psychic. And right now, of course, putting a lot of energy into promoting the book. But you know, I, I, still, I still work with clients. I'm still constantly, you know, um, and I, you know, I do work with clients uh, with readings, but also a good deal of my time is donated work as far as people who have any kind of paranormal issues or problems or questions. I never charge that work, so I'm I'm inundated, you know, so it really is a full-time commitment. Oh, Oh, that's lovely. And so how can people reach you? Well, they can reach me uh, via Facebook, obviously. Everyone's on there. They can find me at Jack Rourke. I think it's like SciJack.Rourke or something like that on Facebook. There's a link on my uh, Facebook or, page, too, as well, so people can get to you from there. There there you go. Or you can, you can learn more about me by going to www.therationalpsychic.com or jackrourke.net. Uh, and, or just, you know, if you just Google my name, you're going to, you're going to find some way to to find me (laughs) because I'm out there. So now that you've finished this project, do you have other projects in the works? I do actually, when I hang up, I'm going to a development meeting for a television show. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, I also have, I actually have started two other books. I actually have a companion book. looks like the rational like coming out later in the fall. And, uh, we're just, we're really just focusing on the rational psychic right now, but there are I have a couple of other books that we're we're looking at finding some time to do. I'm very, very excited. I think that your your listeners when they when they check out the rational psychic, they're gonna see that this is a, a really new perspective that is going to answer every question you have about psychic and paranormal phenomena, especially if you are a development teacher you need to read this book and your students need to read this book because this will fill in a lot of blanks and help you immensely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and I wish you the best of luck with your 
very first um, book published with Sounds True. I um, know, and as you know, what fun they are to work with. So I wish you fabulous luck in book signings and uh, any travels that are coming up for you. And of course, uh, your new um, projects too as well, perhaps a television show in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Thank thank you. Have a beautiful day in L.A. Thank you. I'm so grateful for having me on. And I'm sure we'll cross paths again as my sister, it sounds true. <laughs> oh, that would be lovely. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. All right now. Bye. Bye-bye. And thank you, too, for listening to the show today. And if you've listened to me twice today, thank you so much. I certainly appreciate that. Uh, we do have some openings in the Reiki workshop. It was originally sold out, but we had a few people who um, found some other things to do this weekend. So if it was something you really wanted to do, we have put it back up on the website, and we have a few more spaces available if you'd like to do that. I will also be in Hollyhock, Vancouver, teaching intuitive health at the end of this month, and there is still room available in that class as well. And then in Seattle on October 13th, I will be in the Lake Union Courtyard Marriott teaching spirit guides. Um, That'll be a really, really fun class. My 2013 schedule, at least the parts that I can advertise about, because not all bookstores want you to talk about it way ahead of the game, is up on the website at energyintuitive.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I wish you a gorgeous day. And I'm going to go turn on my heat and turn on the bun warmer for the car um, so that I can have a lovely drive home. Thank you, everyone. And I will be live again next Thursday at 9 a.m. and at noon again as well next week. Until then, joyful blessings. Bye-bye. Even doctors and the most sophisticated tests can't always find the source of a health issue. But there's one authority that always knows, your own body. Hi, this is Maureen Manucherry, the host of Where Energy and Medicine Meet, airing live every Thursday at noon. My first book, Intuitive Self-Healing, is now available. Check the events page on my website to find out where I'm doing book signings in your area. And don't forget to tune in on Thursdays at noon for The Marie Manucherry Show. You are always supported. You are never alone. From before you were born and throughout your whole life, you are accompanied by your spirit guides. Making contact with your spirit guides is just the first step on an extraordinary path to discovery. To find out how to make contact with the forces that have always been watching over you, join Marie at her Spirit Guide Workshop, Saturday, October 13th at the Lake Union Courtyard. This interactive day-long workshop will help reveal how you can deepen your relationship with your guides and increase their role in your life. Register online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671.